Good evening. IBM has three initials, so does MCI. As a matter of fact, the M and the I are the same. I want to talk to you tonight a little bit, <laughs> a little bit about why we're here. It seems to me that what we're honoring in Denver, if you will, goes hand in hand with a movement that those of us in business uh, are starting to feel is somewhat sweeping the nation. That movement is something called entrepreneurship. A public interest in that discipline has never been higher. We've seen headline and headline about America's entrepreneurs as the saviors of our economy and the key to U.S. success in fields certainly such as microelectronics or telecommunication. There's been so much talk about entrepreneurs that I sometimes wonder if everyone is talking about the same phenomenon. I'd like to think of myself as an entrepreneur, and other people must think so too, because I, like many of you, keep getting brochures in the mail on how we can make a fortune diving for lost golf balls or collecting used grease in, used grease in restaurants. And you wonder, is that what it's all about? Does every independent business person qualify as an entrepreneur? I think today much confusion exists about the proper de uh, definition of entrepreneurship. Some people say it's all small businesses. Others say all new businesses. I don't think that the entrepreneurial phenomena is the exclusive characteristics of the independent autonomous individual. I suspect that if we looked at it fairly, we could find it a great many well-established organizations engage in highly successful entrepreneurship. I tend to agree with the well-known management theor theorist, Peter Drucker, that entrepreneurship has nothing to do with an organization's size or age, but to a kind of activity in an organization. At the heart of that activity, I believe, is innovation, the effort to create purpose purposeful, focused change in an organization's potential. I do not think that one common misconception about entrepreneurs is the belief, I do believe that one common misconception is the belief that they suffer from tunnel vision. They're perceived as doggedly, doggedly single-minded, but I think that is not altogether true. For some groups and for some skills, it is true because the rules in some skills do not change. For example, someone to succeed at mountain climbing by single-mindedly mastering the rules and practices of the skills, they can become better and better at it. But in just about every case that I'm aware of, certainly in business, the rules are changing all the time. The marketplace changes, government regulations change, technology certainly is affecting most of our industries, companies' financial position in the competitive world changes. Consequently, I'd like to propose to you a new definition of entrepreneurship. I see entrepreneurship as the ability to see something that has not yet been perceived by others and a tenacity to develop that idea. I think there are, of course, a lot of other factors involved in launching a successful enterprise or a new product or a new product in a market. I believe good luck is certainly one factor.
I also have observed that the more dedicated you are, the more committed you are, the more you focus on what you're trying to accomplish, it seems the luckier you get. However, I believe it was that ability to see something that had not yet been perceived that led to the founding of my own company, MCI. In the long-distance telephone industry, we reasoned that there was room and benefits to having competition. Most of you here tonight think that MCI is in the telecommunication business. And in fact, that's what we always wanted to do. We were founded in 1968. I had three employees. But we did have the willingness to have a bold vision, and that was to be a leader in the global telecommunication services industry. And I think that's where tenacity comes in. Before we could be successful in telecommunication, we had to succeed in other businesses not at all related to telecommunication. The first business we went into after I incorporated the company was raising venture capital. We had to raise venture capital in order to convince the regulatory community that we really could construct and operate our own long-distance system. Once we succeeded in raising sufficient venture capital, we found ourselves into another business, and that was lobbying the government. Without government authorizations to be an alternative long-distance carrier, our company would never have gotten off the ground. We then went into another business that was raising the money necessary to build our communication system sufficient to the point where it could be viable. We were fortunate. There is enormous amount of venture capital money available in the United States by people who are willing to take the risk to support new ideas and new ventures. We are, in that regard, the envy of the world in the ability to raise venture capital for new ideas. We were able to raise $120 million, and we did this without one penny of revenue coming in at that time. We still had to go into one more business, and that was getting the courts to agree that we were free to provide whatever services we could provide that the marketplace was willing to accept. We eventually succeeded in this, too. We finally were able to spend most of our time concentrating on our real business of supply and telecommunication-based services. And we became the first company to compete in this marketplace. The telephone business has changed drastically since the day we started in it, not only because of technology, technological advancement, partly because of what we did, and partly because national policy has shifted towards a more competitive telecommunication marketplace. The principal reason that telecommunication has changed is because the world of telephony, telephone as a standalone industry, is no longer true. Telecommunication has combined with the other previously independent worlds of computers, computing power, and information to become a totally new industry satisfying a greatly expanded market. Today we see our business as providing a full range of telecommunication and information-based services. We see ourselves as being the transportation system for this world of information, just as railroads and highways and barges provide transportation for our nation's goods. MCI is in the transportation system for ideas and information, whether they're expressed in voice or data, 
sent domestically or international, delivered electronically or transmitted by digital as well as analog mode. We serve business, government, and private residences. 1980, and though all of us here can look at remember our 1980 year, MCI sales were $205 million, and I was very proud of that. But it was clear that in our industry, you have to be big, you have to grow to survive. In May last month, our sales were $205 million. So we were able to grow 12-fold since 1980. And I am convinced that before the end of 1986, that $205 million in May sales will be in excess of $400 million per month. Our customers include over four, 407 of the Fortune 500, the U.S. Senate, Department of Defense, hundreds of thousands of small businesses, and millions of people at home. We have over today 11,000 people in our organization, and I might point out that the average age of MCI employee is 31. If you do not count me, it's 22. <laughs> Two days ago, we announced that we would acquire Satellite Business Systems, the nation's fourth largest long-distance telephone company, after AT&T, MCI, and Splint. With this merger, we also got a very large investor, which happens to be the largest computer manufacturer in the world, and in my opinion, I will add, one of the greatest entrepreneurs and innovators of all time, IBM. In summary, I'd like to think that MCI has been successful not because we've had a single-minded determination to be in a specific business, because we constantly ask ourselves, what business are we in? What is this industry we're really in? What is the task most important in front of us? How do we clear the hurdle that we see? How do we reach our goal? What do we have to do to succeed? And do we have the will to do it? The MCI today is not in the telephone business. We are in the information business. But since information is the fastest growing sector of our economy, at least for the foreseeable future, I'd like to think that MCI is the right company in the right business at the right time. I welcome you all. I would encourage you to seek me out. I'd encourage you to think about what is happening in our information technologies, how they're going to influence your life, how they're going to influence the way we work, the way we live, the way we educate ourselves, and the implications behind your capability and your competence in that field. Thank you very much.